Hello, everyone, and welcome to Think Yourself Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Heather Duranja. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy, I have special guest Arthur Furstenberg. He is a scientist, journalist, and author who is the center of a growing worldwide movement to bring attention to the most ignored threat to life on Earth. His book, The Invisible Rainbow, A History of Electricity and Life, is the first book to tell the history of electricity from an environmental point of view. The Cellular Phone Task Force, an organization he co-founded in 1996, provides a global clearinghouse of information about wireless technology, harmful effects, and a support network for the millions of people injured by this technology. Arthur, thank you so much for being with us today. I am so honored to have some time to share with you and the opportunity to share your wealth of knowledge around this very controversial and very important topic of electricity and how it's impacting um, human health. So I read your book, The Invisible Rainbow, and I was shocked, absolutely shocked. I'm asking myself, how is it that I've never heard about any of this? So can you talk to us a little bit about this book, how you were able to uh, bring this to life and the importance around the content? Well, I've been involved and researching this issue since uh, about 1980, when I was in medical school, I was injured by dental x-rays, mm-hmm. and it ended my medical career and introduced me to the health effects of electromagnetic energy. Wow. And I began to make contact with Experts in the field, um, in particular, Robert O. Becker, orthopedic surgeon at State University of New York at Albany, who went on subsequently to write an amazing book called The Body Electric, which he published in 1985. Okay. And he was um, discovering the electrical nature of not only bones was his area of expertise, but uh, the human body and all biological systems and what the implications of this are for our use of modern electricity. Um, I was in communication with him for some years. And I basically put it out of my mind. I had to leave medical school because of my injury. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I went back to quote unquote normal life until 1996 when the telecommunications industry was preparing to sell us all cell phones. Mm-hmm. Uh- At that time, they were called cellular phones. So my organization is called the Cellular Phone Task Force, and it's a little bit archaic. I was living in Brooklyn, New York at the time, and uh, 
was part of a support group for people who'd been injured by various forms of technology. And we picked up a copy of newspaper, the New York Post, and uh, or it might have been the Daily News, and there was a headline in it that said 3,000 city lampposts are about to become part of the wireless revolution. And uh, we decided to do something about it. So we started this organization called the Cellular Phone Task Force, and it's still in existence. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still, I'm still uh, an officer of it. I'm, I'm its president. I didn't think it would last this long. I didn't know whether I would last this long. But uh, and, and I had to leave New York City as soon as all those antennas were activated, and they were not originally on city lampposts, but now they are. They were originally on top of short um, apartment buildings, like three to six story apartment buildings all over the city. Around uh, while I was traveling out west from New York City to seek a refuge from all this radiation, I stopped in Minnesota and went to a uh, library that was dedicated to this sort of information, and I had in my mind that I was going to write a book about it. So it took uh, close to 20 years to actually get the book out. Wow. But the book was written in order to answer the question, um, if electromagnetic radiation is harmful now, how come electricity is considered safe? And was it safe for all these centuries when we were using it? So I started to delve into it and go to libraries and do that. And I collected a lot of research on the way over 20 years about the history and science of electricity from a biological point of view to expose what electrical technology has been doing to our world unknowingly yeah. to the public, to our world, to plants, to animals, to human beings since we started using it. And the wireless revolution in particular is escalating this exponentially and it's killing us all absolutely and the reason i went back to 1746 which is when the Leyden jar was invented that was the first uh, method invented to store any form of electricity that was the that was a way to form to store static electricity and use it mm -hmm. and it was used for medical purposes until the 19th century Actually, it was used for medical purposes for electrotherapy until the beginning of the 20th century, but it was not used for technology until after the electric battery was invented in 1800. But this was my way of, of saying to the world, hey, electricity has not been safe all these years. We've been in denial for a couple of centuries, and we have to start thinking about it or we're not going to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mind blowing to me that, you know, since I, in your book, when I was reading 1889 was when things really went hardcore with the release of global technology. And 
the evidence that you collected in the book pinpointing all of these devastating impacts on the human body, plant life, all of life. It's mind blowing to me that for 133 years, we've these, these impacts have been recorded and are known. However, this is not something that the average person is aware of and how it is impacting their health and well-being. So how is it this this has, you know, really been the best kept secret? It's been the best kept secret because we all want it to be. So it's denial. It's, it's denial. It's like we are all totally dependent on the electrical power grid. We're totally dependent on electricity for everything we do in our homes. We are now totally dependent for everything we do communication-wise because they've, they have succeeded in selling us and getting us dependent mm -hmm. on cell phones. Men, women, children, it's like now you cannot socialize, you cannot conduct business without it. And people do not want to know, but it's not just since wireless technology, it's that, and like you said, in 1889, essentially was the beginning of alternating current. Uh -huh. And this is what powers our houses, and this is what powers everything, and we do not want to know that it's harmful. So can you tell the audience a little bit based on the immense research that you have done and the you know, the impacts that you have experienced firsthand and have been able to connect back to this original um, dental x-rays. Can you talk about what these harmful effects of electricity and EMFs are on the human body? Well, um, the most significant effects nowadays are diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. And I devote a chapter to each mm -hmm. my book, pandemics all over the world at a rate that has never been experienced before. We don't think about almost where it's coming from anymore, and right. we don't know where it's coming from. Well, um, we're led to believe certain stories about, you know, where it's coming from. <laughs> right. People think that, that, that diabetes is, is due to uh, uh, a dramatic change in diet, um, lack of exercise, all this stuff. But but when you go back and actually look at the facts, it 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 just isn't true. Mm -hmm. um, diabetes, for example, was once upon a time an extremely rare disease, regardless how much sugar people ate, regardless of how much exercise people got. It's like diabetes basically didn't exist. Mm -hmm. except as a rare, probably inherited genetic disease that, that people who wrote books about diabetes had only ever seen a couple of cases in their lifetime. These were medical doctors. Right. Um, nowadays, yes, it's true. You can prevent and to some extent cure diabetes by eliminating um, sugar and um, simple carbohydrates from your diet. But why is it that suddenly in the 20th century, 21st century, you can't eat sugar anymore without getting diabetes? It's because of this exposure to electricity and now um, 
intensified with the wireless revolution that electromagnetic fields interfere with electron transport in your mitochondria, which is the last step in metabolism. Mm -hmm. So you get exposed to your cell phone, you are stopping your metabolism. And this has been proven dramatically in insects that there are scientists who have exposed honeybees to an ordinary cell phone and within 10 minutes, their metabolism totally shuts down. And wow. their hemolymph, which is what their blood is called, suddenly has very high levels of sugars, fats, and proteins in it. It's not getting metabolized. And this is happening to all living things. Wow. Yeah, it really blew me away in the book when you were talking about the, the bees from the Isle of Wight and how they started disappearing and dying. And then they would bring bees in that were perfectly healthy and then they were dying within a week. And it made me think about what's going on right now here, specifically in the United States. I think the last statistic I saw was that we had eight states that no longer had bees. That's, that's just mind blowing to me. And what does that mean for us in the future? Where do we go once the bees start dying off? So yeah, that was that was in 1904. It started wow. in the Isle of Wight, where Marconi had his first radio station, mm -hmm. his first permanent radio station, and all of a sudden there were no bees on the Isle of Wight. They all started dying off, and this has been going on for well over a century. Um, and people are just not making the connection, but the evidence is all there. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I find it interesting because what really got me personally interested in this whole electricity EMF things that are happening, it, it really started with the pandemic for me at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I was personally having a lot of physical symptoms that just weren't making sense. And then I discovered that they were rolling out 5G while we were all locked up in our homes and this was not being talked about. It was very hush-hush. And so the more, the more I looked into it and discovered that um, the first 5G towers that were rolled out were in China and Wuhan. And then from there, it led to uh, Italy where we had you know, the next biggest break and then over here to the United States. And so it got me thinking, and I was like, interesting, how is this 5G connected to potentially this pandemic? And historically, with pandemics of the past, how, if, you know, we didn't have trains, planes, automobiles for people to travel globally to spread these quote unquote viruses that were creating these pandemics. And it really just got me thinking. So in your book, when you were talking about the connection between electricity and influenza, this really made sense to me. I really felt this at the core of my being. So can you talk to us a little bit about how electricity is playing a role with these pandemics that we've experienced? Well, I, my research was confined 
to influenza. So it doesn't necessarily directly apply to COVID. Uh huh. But um, yes, back in 1889, as you mentioned, when suddenly AC electricity was rolled out all over the world, basically in the space of a year, they were stringing electric wires worldwide in 1889. That's when the first modern influenza pandemic happened. And it killed like a million people. And it lasted four years. And um, at first, most doctors didn't even know what they were seeing because influenza was not a yearly and annual disease. Um, if I remember correctly, the last cases of it in the United States had been back in 1873 in England. There had not been influenza since the 1850s. And suddenly there was this worldwide pandemic in remote locations, even in Africa, where they'd never seen influenza ever before. It just rolled all around the world. And then in 1918, with what we call the Spanish flu, was was coincided with the United States entry into World War II with suddenly modern, super powerful radio stations that had a global reach. Uh, these were actually VLF stations, which were very long waves. And um, then there was the Asian flu and the Hong Kong flu, and those were in, uh, or was it reversed? I think it was called the Hong Kong flu in 1957. No, it was the Asian flu in 1957-8 with civil defense radar being deployed all over the world. And in 1968, with the Hong Kong flu, was the first um, substantial launch of communication satellites, military satellites. So that was influenza. And um, yes, there's an influenza virus, but it was proven back in 1918 that that disease is not contagious in the ordinary way. Mm -hmm. um, so that's influenza. The, the modern pandemic of the last couple years of COVID-19, as you mentioned, uh, 5G was rolled out in Wuhan, China. Um, almost simultaneously to the outbreak, and it was rolled out in New York City, almost simultaneously to that outbreak. Uh -huh. And it was on board the Diamond Princess cruise ship huh. when uh, <laughs> when there was an outbreak of, uh, all of a sudden on the first cruise ship. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, and, and if you look at the pictures of these uh, cruise ships nowadays, you'll see these big globes on board. Those are um, 5G antennas that communicate with satellites. Wow. So my conclusion about um, the coronavirus is that the, the coronavirus causes your blood to carry less oxygen. It, it, the, the transfer of oxygen from your lungs to your blood is interfered with because it affects your lungs. Apparently, it also affects your blood. So your hemoglobin is carrying less oxygen. What the radiation does, as I mentioned previously, is it affects your mitochondria. 
Uh-huh. So whatever blood is carrying oxygen, your cells cannot use that oxygen. So it, it's a double whammy. Right. But your blood I've... is carrying less oxygen and your cells can't use the oxygen that the blood is carrying. So it kills you. Mm-hmm. That's so... my conclusion. Yeah. And, and my conclusion is that there was a pandemic, a genuine pandemic, combined radiation and virus uh-huh. for a few months. And I don't think that's going on. That's what's going on at all today. I think today, mostly the radiation. I, I could not agree with you more. Intuitively, this was my feeling from the get-go. And I unfortunately contracted COVID in September of um, last year and was taken down very, very hard. Um, it had really negative impacts on my kidney function. Specifically, I went from having optimal kidney function. Pres- I had uh, I got diagnosed with a kidney disease in 1994. They told me I only had five years to live. That's when I chose to be proactive. I couldn't get health insurance and change my lifestyle and do everything I could to protect myself to the best of my abilities. And I put this disease in remission for 28 years. And then I get COVID and my kidney function goes from being optimal to into stage three kidney failure. And so this was a very frightening experience. I developed what they're calling long haulers where it just one thing kept leading to another. And what I found fascinating when I was doing research on all of this is I was looking at cells, blood cells under a microscope. These were photographs of an individual whom had been infected with COVID-19. And then I looked at photographs of individuals having exposure to radiation, EMF waves, and the blood slides were identical. The red blood cells were coagulated, bunched together. They were making weird formulations. And it was literally like I was looking at the almost exact same thing. However, they were calling it two different causes. So, well, what they, the list of symptoms caused by long COVID, most of them are identical to the list of symptoms that used to be called radio wave sickness in oh. the old Soviet Union. Yeah. A hundred percent. And when I went through, so I had found, I found your um, website originally, your cellular phone task force. And I found your website and I got really interested at trying to figure out this correlation between the electricity, the EMFs and how this could potentially really be, um, you know, what they're, what they're calling my symptoms of COVID. And it was frightening to me to read through the list of symptoms that you had listed, provided, and literally I was checking every single box. And that got me really curious. And I, I reflected back and I realized when I moved to the place that I currently live is when all of the symptoms I started presenting. And ironically, there happened to be three ginormous 5G towers that are less than probably 500 feet from where I live. Yeah, yeah, that 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 pretty much says it. Yeah, yeah. So for the me, problem, the problem with 5G 
is that they are no longer ginormous towers. Now they're little, small, inconspicuous antennas placed on streetlights and, yeah. and uh, lampposts and things like that all over the world. Right. And, and people don't even don't even hardly know that they're there. And even though they're much smaller, they're also much more powerful. Mm -hmm. Well, my understanding um, is that China has already rolled out 6G. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that that's true. No. I know that China has been in the vanguard of developing 6G, but I don't know, I don't think any of us know exactly what's going on there. Um, okay. Okay. So. It, you know, this this is just frightening to me because as I started discovering all of this in early 2020 and, and, and trying to make sense of how this could potentially be connected to technology, it really made me start speaking up about it and wanting to interview individuals who were experts in this area, who have, you know, firsthand knowledge and years and years of exposure. And it what I found was it was very difficult to find individuals who were number one willing to even talk to me about this topic and the harmful effects of you know to humans and and life in general and as i started trying to get more of this information out there to bring awareness the more and more i became censored and it, it you know to me that's validation that the more censored I am around a specific topic, this just validates how much is needed to, to bring this information to awareness. So I'm curious as to some of the struggles that you've had since you know 1996, when you really went all in on this. Can you talk about some of the limitations you've had with trying to get this information out to the public? I have not ever been censored. Wow. When we got together and when I decided to go forward with my activism, it was with the knowledge that not only could I be censored, my life could be in danger. Mm -hmm. um, and I sat down with myself and I realized, huh, I've already lost my career. I've already lost almost all of my friends and family who didn't want to have anything to do with me. I'd already lost my home because I had to leave New York City. And my city. I, I'd lost my health. I'd lost almost everything. The only thing I hadn't lost yet is my life, and I was willing to risk that. <laughs> wow, I honor I, okay. I I am I honor you and your bravery and your you know. Um, and as it turns out, um, I have maintained my scientific integrity. I don't go in for conspiracy theories. I don't try to make enemies. I. Um, I consider that I'm talking to humanity, mm -hmm. to all of humanity, including the telecommunications industry people, including the government. It's like they're all fellow human beings trying to survive on this earth just like me. And my 
mission is to educate the public and uh, that this is a problem and we have to deal with it and we have to not have wireless technology. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the problem with so many forms of, of, of activism that see the other side, the quote unquote other side as the enemy is that you just make enemies. And, and, and my, I have tried not to do that. And apparently I've succeeded because I've never had any, any threats on whatsoever. And I've never been shut down. Mm-hmm. That's, that's beautiful. Um, so can you, can we talk a little bit about, you know, in my opinion, we know there's a problem that is correlated with electricity and EMF. We have a society right now that is really pushing for this AI transhumanism type of pathway. And to me, that frightens me. What does this mean for, you know, for the human life, for existence, evolution? What are your thoughts around where we're headed with the advancements in technology? I think we're headed to extinction very rapidly. I agree. Um, I, I think that um, artificial intelligence is not going to get very far because we're not going to live that long unless we stop. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that wireless technology, because it is completely, completely uncontrolled, is killing all like like you said there are eight states that have no bees anymore it's like it's not just the bees we've also lost 95 percent of the insects in the world it's like you drive down the street when i was young you went on a long trip in your car you constantly had to wipe insects off your windshield that does not happen anymore oh you're so anywhere um so, so we've got to stop. We've got to end wireless technology. And, and um, right now, I'm reaching out. I, I just hired an executive assistant, and we are going to contact all of the thousands of people who have been supporting us and saying, how can, how can I help from around the world? And we're going to create a broader coalition internationally to bring this message to the public that, hey, your cell phone is not only making you sick, it's killing the world. The cell phone is the center of it. It's what they sold us first in 1996 because that is creating the demand for everybody else. Mm So our message message is to make it not only politically acceptable, but normal for people to start getting rid of their cell phones and and lessening the demand for all this stuff that is driving us rapidly toward extinction. Faster than climate change, faster than anything else. We've got to stop this radiation. So can you tell, can we, can we talk a little bit about what are some tangible things that 
individuals, consumers can start doing right now to number one, protect their health, reduce their exposure to these harmful, the harmful radiation. What are some tangible steps that we can start taking to reverse where we're currently at? Well, like I said, it, it's, it's the cell phone. Mm-hmm. It's like as long, and it's difficult because we're using our cell phones for everything. They're attached to us. We carry them around all day. We, we're on social media by them. We, we, they're necessary for work. They're necessary for banking. We use them as cameras. We use them as flashlights. We use them for everything. And we've gotten totally dependent on them. That's got to stop. And I don't exactly know how it's going to stop. But gradually, we've got to work towards getting rid of them. Just having them and using them less does not accomplish anything. Because if you want to be able to use your cell phone, no matter how infrequently, all the cell towers got to be there. And that's why they're launching all these. That's why... Elon Musk is launching all these satellites. There's such a demand for speed and bandwidth and applications. Mm-hmm. That's what's driving this. I've got to stop. Yeah, you know, I had done an interview with Sam Milham, the author of Dirty Electricity, and he spoke so highly of you and, and insisted that I had to interview you. And, um, when we were chatting, he was saying that basically, you know, there is no way to get off grid anymore. So what are your thoughts about that? It's, uh, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got to reorganize ourselves. Um, and I can't, I cannot uh, list right now, sit down and say, okay, here's some simple things you can do. Yeah, there's some simple things you can do to decrease your own exposure temporarily, maybe for a few months until they put a 5G antenna on the lamppost outside your house. Uh It's like there's not any escape from it anymore. And we've got to, not only to organize as a society, but we've got to put this on on everybody's uh, radar screen, if I can use that. Absolutely. Analogy. it's like everybody's talking about climate change, climate change, climate change. They have to start talking about radiation. They have to start talking about, hey, wireless technology, that's what's killing us. Yeah, absolutely. And, not, and, and putting wires, cables back on your computers. We took them off a number of years ago. We've got to put them back on. Uh-huh. Wires back on your telephone. We took them off. And now they're, they're phasing out landlines. Yeah, we, we've got to put back wires on our telephones. We've got to create the demand for landline telephones, which doesn't exist anymore today. That's how they can get away with dismantling them. Yeah. Wow. It's, <clears throat> it's really frightening. Um, I feel like we are in literally such a critical circumstance. And in my opinion, I think that we have way less time for until we reach extinction that, than what most people want to believe. I, I think that with there's just 
the the root of all of this is radiation and it stems out and it has an impact on every single component of human existence and meeting our basic human needs for survival so this is scary um and and i know that there are a lot of people they just don't want to know you know we can put the information in their face and they're in complete denial this is you know, as we continue to raise more awareness around the harmful impacts of radiation and cell phone use, it's getting deemed as conspiracy theories. And, you know, as soon as people dismiss it as a, a conspiracy theory, um, you look like a wacko, right? You look like the wacko. That's why, that's why I'm very careful not to be interviewed on conspiracy shows. I was invited onto Coast to Coast Radio. I turned them down. Mm -hmm. um, I am a scientist and I put out science. I put out what I know. That's all. When this sort of thing is talked about by enough people, it's no longer considered a conspiracy. Um, there are so few people talking about it yet and that has to change. That, that's basically... Yes, it's killing us. People have got to realize, oh, <clears throat> this is why I, I'm overweight. Uh -huh. This is why I have diabetes. This is why I have heart disease. It's all this wireless technology that I've been sold and become dependent on for the last 20 years. So and once people realize this is why I'm obese and diabetic, they will put it down. Uh-huh. I mean, look at what we've been able to do since COVID-19. They shut society down. People stopped going to, to religious services. People stopped going to work. People started staying home. People started not being able to look at each other's face. People started staying six or more feet away from each other. These were incredible things that nobody in their right mind would have considered possible a few years ago. Yes. Getting rid of your cell phone is, is not possible right now, but it has to become so. And it can become so, because look what they did to us and look what we've been able to do. This, this is true. I, those are very good points that you're making. So for the average person who wants to have a conversation around this you know, concept of the harmful effects of radiation coming from cell phones, cell, cell use. How, what is the best approach to have, you know, to, to bring up talking points to someone who is most likely in complete denial, has no idea of any of this? Where, how does one ease in conversation to another to be impactful around this topic? It, it's it's hardly possible today. <laughs> yeah, if you want to lose a friend, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's even harder with family members. Yeah. Um, but um, often the the way I do it is I I find out more about the person and I ask them what their health problems are and when they started and what were they doing? What, what in their life changed when this particular, like, like you said, when you moved into this new location with antennas nearby, your health changed. And this is 
very commonly the case. It's very commonly the case that, that people's health change when they get a new cell phone. Um, what drugs are they on? When did that start? Um, and, and if people start talking to each other, actually talking to each other about this, they'll find out that things that they don't talk about, everybody else is experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody knows it because it's not politically correct to even raise the, raise the issue. So, uh, right. But when people come to me and they want to know, these are the kinds of things that I ask them. Mm-hmm. Those are when great. did it start? Where were you living? What changed in your life? Mm-hmm. Those are, those are great um, points to, to create that conversation. And then from there, if somebody wants to know more, um, they're interested in trying to prove the facts around these harmful effects. Outside of your book, The Invisible Rainbow and the Cellular Phone Task Force, what other resources do you recommend for them to tap into to educate themselves? Well, um, they can go to the links icon on our homepage of cellphonetaskforce.org and there is now a very long list of organizations in the United States and around the world that are advocating on this issue and working together. And this is how we're developing a coalition. Okay. So for um, those- as far as far as science, um, my book is the best um, up to date book. I agree. I have um, the next previous book that really delved into the whole issue was Robert Becker's 1985 book, The Body Electric, which is still an incredible book, highly relevant, full of science that my book doesn't have. I recommend it highly, The Body Electric by Robert O. Becker, 1985. And believe it or not, um, The Zapping of America by Paul Brodeur, B-R-O-D-E-U-R, written in 1977. Wow. was a really hard-hitting expose about what was starting to happen to our country from all of these antennas. Very powerful at that time, radar, radio, television antennas. 1977, he was, Paul Brodeur was a staff writer for the New Yorker magazine. And he wrote a series of articles called Microwaves 1, Microwaves 2, Microwaves 3. And then he turned it into a book called The Zapping of America. And it's one of the best books ever written on the subject. Okay. I will definitely make sure to link all of the information, your cellular phone task force organization, your book, and these other resources that you have recommended in the show notes so that it makes it easy for individuals to get um, access to that information. So for the listener who is, you know, feeling compelled right now to take some action and be part of this advocacy effort. How do they get started? Where do they go? 
they can go to our website, cellphonetaskforce.org, which has a ton of information on it. They can contact me directly. Um, they can send an email to info at cellphonetaskforce.org. Um, because everybody's coming at it from a different direction and has different experiences and needs different types of information. And I could direct them where to go specifically. Wow, that is so, so generous of you. So I'm curious, Arthur, what are some of the persons? Oh, and, and we have a worldwide petition I almost forgot to mention ah. called the 5G Space Appeal. Okay. And that is the International Appeal to stop 5G on Earth and in space. And that appeal is at www.5gspaceappeal.org. And that has been signed to date by over 300,000 individuals and organizations from all over the world, including, what is it? over 4,000 medical doctors, over 7,000 scientists, an incredible amount of nurses and alternative health practitioners, beekeepers, veterinarians. Um, we have, I think, uh, 14 or 15 categories of signatories on that website, and we're continuing to collect signatures. The, the goal is to um, submit it to the United Nations and the World Health Organization. Mm -hmm. And it is a, the appeal itself contains hundreds of links to scientific studies on all aspects of this. Hmm. Interesting. So that is another place to go for information. Fabulous. So, I have, I want to, I want to bring this up. So since I've moved to this location and, you know, with everything that's happening in the housing market right now, I feel trapped. I am in a position where I am, it's very difficult to find a place to move. There's such limitations around housing and there's so many, so many challenges right now. So I've done, a, I've taken a lot of measures to be proactive with trying to reduce the EMF that I'm getting exposed to in my own home. And I have seen some benefits and improvements with these measures that I have taken. Now, one thing that I noticed is that my dog, since we've moved here, every time myself, my roommate, we tend to, it, it seems like these things come in waves, bouts of really intense physical, um, you know, symptoms, and then they'll kind of relax a little bit and then they come back. And I've noticed that my dog is on the same wave or the same pattern that we are. He, he will have massive bouts of diarrhea with bloody stools. He goes through periods where he has no appetite. He'll vomit a lot. He has a lot of shaking. 
So is it possible that the same things that we're being exposed to are also being exposed to him? And that's the way that his symptoms are presenting from that radiation exposure. Absolutely. And if this is happening only recently, and by recently, I mean within the last year or two, mm-hmm. it depends on the frequency and the exact times, but some of this is due to the satellite launches that are, um, especially SpaceX, but a lot of other companies are getting into the app, but SpaceX is launching 53 satellites every couple of weeks now. Wow. And uh, yes, this is causing a lot of physical problems. And then you adjust to the to the new regime up there, and then he launches more. And, and, and this uh, interferes with the global electrical circuit that goes through everybody's body and interferes with our communication with the world. Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So how so how this this is all all summarized kind of poetically in chapter nine of my book the the earth's electric envelope it's how we are connected to each other to the world to the universe electrically and how all of this radiation in space is disturbing that circuit that global electrical circuit that goes to our bodies Mm -hmm. so can can we talk a little bit about astrology and how astrology plays a role in all of this and especially with our own electric systems in the body? I am not an astrologer and I am not an expert in that field. Okay, that Um, is fair. (laughs) I appreciate it. That is my take on astrology and I have not studied it. Okay. So um, that, that is too esoteric for me in some sense. In some sense, I've looked into it. Yes, our relations to the to the planets, to the stars, to the universe is at base an electrical relationship. How much of astrology is real and how much of it is folklore, I don't know. Okay. Well, I think it's a mix at this point. Okay. Well, I appreciate your honesty and. Um... I will definitely, you know, do do some more diving into that. So any last thoughts, any anything that you would like to leave the audience contemplating, thinking about to really move them to take some action, to join this global coalition to stop cell phone use? I would say it depends on their level of interest right now. If they are greatly interested, I would um, encourage them to go to our website, cellphonetaskforce.org, to contact us either via the website or they can contact me directly at info at cellphonetaskforce.org. We need donations to bring this um, issue to the general public and there's a donate button on the website. Um, if their level of interest is not that high right now, stand by. We are going to put this on the map and you are going to hear about this in the media at some point if we succeed in our campaign. Mm -hmm. 
But for people who are really interested, start educating yourself. Start putting wires back on as many of your devices as you can. Um, look, my computer is wired. My mouse is wired. My keyboard is wired. <laughs> um, I don't have much electronics, but to the extent that put wires back on your speakers, put wires back on your printers, um, take your Apple Watch off and throw it away. Anything you wireless that you would, for God's sake, don't get a wireless baby monitor and, and irradiate your baby. It's like decrease that kind of impact that you're having on the world right now. It's possible. Mm -hmm. Great tips. Great tips. So I'm curious, do you actually have internet service? I have it at my office. I don't have it in my house. Okay. Okay. Fabulous. Well, your proof that we can exist without all of the technology. And to I, me I grew up without, I grew up in the fifties and sixties. I went to college in the late sixties. I lived in a big house with 30 people and one phone number for all of us in the phone booth. I love it. I love it. I, <laughs> I feel that in order to save, save civilization, we're, we're going to have to go back to the basics. We've got to go back to before technology started to um, take over and rule our lives. There's definitely a correlation between the increase in technology and the reduction in our overall physical, mental, and emotional well-being. These are things that just can no longer be ignored. We have to address this. We have to advocate. We have to take action. And we have the capability of making an impact if we can all come together for the common, you know, the goal of saving human existence. So Arthur, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today, share your wealth of knowledge and resources. I encourage the audience, check out his book, The Invisible Rainbow. It was such a game changer for me. It really helped me see the facts, see the evidence and correlate it to our, our current, current circumstances. So Arthur, Arthur, thank you so much for being with us and, um, any last thank thoughts you. for the audience? Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And I look forward to assisting you and your efforts. If there is anything I can do to be of service to you, please do not hesitate to let me know. Make sure anyone who is listening, I want you to go and sign that petition. That is a simple thing that we can all take action on right now to get things moving in the right direction. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.